This is Infection, the survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, January 25th, 2022, episode 367. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. It's great to have you here. If you want to check out some of my random political antics, you can visit my website, nickcraig.com, and download the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. And of course, in reference to this program, I highly recommend that you visit our website, infectionpodcast.com. Well, I haven't been alone for the last seven years, and I'm not going to start being alone today. Joining me, as he does always, Brian with an I, Aldridge. Hello, Mr. Brian. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well, and it's good to see you again. Well, let's go ahead and get started with contact information. You can find me, you can get me at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor and Getter. Um, also, you can oh. go to my blog, biteoftech.com. And, and uh, most importantly, just go to our website. If you go to infectionpodcast.com, we have on there uh, a place where you can join our Discord. It's an, If you look at our Discord, we have uh, a lot of ARC servers and a lot of people uh, playing that on a daily basis. Uh, we've got politics channel memes i mean everything you know if you want to hang out uh, just chat with people play some games uh it's all there uh we now also have uh video forms of the podcast on twitch youtube BitChute, and d live and so those are live and then also some of us have recordings after the fact but uh the audio only forms the lower right are only after so uh if you're looking to do live make sure you jump on one of those apps for video um otherwise Put it on your favorite uh, favorite podcatcher app, and uh, it'll every week automatically download, and you can listen to it at your own convenience. Because if you are listening, one thing you can do is pull up our show notes, and for whatever particular episode you're going to be listening to, just go ahead and jump into that episode. There's an audio video player built into the page, and then there's links for every topic that we discuss, and anything that we reference uh, that is on a website or anything like that will have a link, or a video that we play will have a link in here. Um, and then also, if you want to uh, support us, you can do that through the support tab up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Of course, Prime Gaming sub, uh, subs, Humble Bundle, Amazon. Uh, we've got I mean, lots of different ways that you can support the show, and people do. And this, we appreciate yes. it. I want to thank our friend Unicorn Joe for hitting us up with the 48-month Tier 1 subscription here on Twitch. Joe, thank you very much, and happy Australia Day. Not exactly sure what that is but since you are from the land down under i will uh, wish you a happy australia day whatever that might be uh thank you very much for the continued support as always um i posted him an australia themed joke uh, in the uh, in the discord you know because I'm perfect australia day so well excellent i appreciate your i appreciate your uh, equity and inclusion there brian it's uh, greatly appreciated in the uh, all uh, all equity and inclusion in the infection podcast uh discord um we always. do have some Obviously, if you didn't catch last week's show, I'd highly recommend you go listen to it. Uh, I might be a little biased about it, but uh, go listen to last week's show. We did a full hour, pretty much a little hour plus on the Activision Blizzard merger uh, with Microsoft. And we'll have some more on that towards the end of the show today. But if you missed last week's show, uh, we went through a lot of stuff and there are actually some clarification on some of the comments that we had uh, this past uh, this past week. So we'll have that coming up a little bit later on in the uh, program here today. Brian, we don't often start with uh, Google News um, as yeah. we have talked about the absolute flop and failure that Stadia has been, um, but it's yep. important to note that Google has got one of the largest gaming um, ecosystems in the world. And you might be saying, huh, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, the Google Play Store, uh, you know, Android yeah. with its huge market share, with mobile gaming at an all-time high, a multi-hundred billion dollar business each and every year, Google, which you again you wouldn't initially think, has a very big presence and impact on one certain segment of gaming, and yeah. they seem to be jumping on the PC bandwagon, Brian, as we've seen concert uh, uh, console developers uh, recently making yep. the switch. And everybody seems to be pushing towards PC, and it looks like Google is going to do the same thing um, because yep. late last week, they announced that they're rolling out a limited beta test of its newly announced 
Google Play Games for PC. And it is launching yeah. in uh, Hong Kong, South Korea, and Taiwan to start. But it looks like a full-on, and there's a video we'll, we'll get to here in a minute, but just looking at this uh, screenshot from the article, right, it looks just like Steam. It looks just like uh, Battle.net. Yep. It looks like a traditional game launcher. It's pretty interesting. Yep. Well, and that's the thing. For me, I personally run two different games. So one of them is pretty much an emulator by the company. So it's a, it's a it's an mobile game that I play on my PC. And the other one I actually run in, in an emulator to do it. And uh, now through this, one of them is up there, Summoner's War. It's, it's the picture they're showing. Um, this allows me to play those games and do you want me to give away because there's some cool features of this do you want me to yeah, give sure. away into those right now or do you want yeah. to say okay uh yeah, one on. thing is resume so you can be playing the game on your phone and then you want to swap it to your to your computer or you're playing on your computer and you want to swap it back you can go back and forth without losing the state of your game it syncs it across these different devices to where um, you can seamlessly transfer them between the devices uh, if you don't want to close your game, maybe you're in the middle of something, you don't want to close it and then have to reopen it and possibly start over something. Um, so that's a pretty that's a pretty cool thing. I'm, I'll be interested to see how seamless that is, uh, you know, because it could be that you know, it, it, it interrupts the game somehow. But I want it to be to where it just seamlessly doesn't interrupt the play somehow. You know, maybe it pauses it for half a second and then it continues there. But I want it to be seamless. Uh, and then. The controllers, you know, how how are they going to adapt to the non-touchscreen of a PC? That's going to be one big difference that I don't think people are really thinking about right now. Um, some of these games are pretty heavily adapted to be able to work well on uh, an emulator, but a lot of them are not. Some are very, very. I mean, I, so I'm assuming that this store is going to be kind of a curated. This is more of a curated market. This is not the play marketplace. It's the curated marketplace. Agreed. And you know, That's what I'm you, gathering you mentioned the um, seamless sync. Uh, that's what they're calling it. This pause and then restart. Mm -hmm. Google's got the infrastructure to do that. I mean, it's simple, Brian. Yeah. You, the save will go to some sort of the, the back end will be some sort of Google cloud storage thing that Google manages. It'll save the state of your game and then you can pop it open on the uh, PC side and, and just essentially left off where you were, which, yep. you know, as we look at mobile gaming, one of my big things always has been, you know, I'm not necessarily hell bent on playing something on a phone screen like this. It's just, it's not, it's, it's yeah. not, it's not for me. Um, but if I could, you know, play something on my PC and then if I'm out somewhere and want to check in on something or do a daily, I could, maybe this is, maybe this brings more folks into the sphere of, and obviously, you've or, you've mentioned Brian. You can already, you know, Blue Stack has been a popular mm -hmm. Android emulator on PC for the last you know, six, seven, eight plus years. It's it's been out for quite yeah. some time. But as you mentioned, not all the games are, you know, it's an emulator. And when you emulate, yeah. there are certain things that are missed. And with this, as as you mentioned, curation. There's a developer website for you know for the game developers that are going to have to be working on this kind of the seamless sync and things like that are going to have to be built into the game. So yes, this is very much going to be a curated store, meaning yeah. that I would expect these games to run with one, these games will run with 100% compatibility support on the PC, yeah. which is something that I'm sure most of these games don't have right now anyway. Well, and do you want to know why I think they're actually doing this? I don't, yeah, I don't think it. it's because they want people playing games on the PC. What we're starting to see since I'm playing, for instance, one of the games I had to play on BlueStack, the other game I play in their own launcher uh, for the companies, you know, that makes the game. Uh, you know what the, that company's been pushing lately? For you to enter your credit card information and make purchases through their launcher and not through the Play Store. Which the they can do. That they want people, yes, which they can do now, which they can do. Um, it, and so this is something that I think they're hoping to kind of curb that. To where uh, these other companies were like, it's not really worth the trouble to make a launcher and run our own client, you know, and have to deal with all that. Uh, you know, let's just use the one that Google's using, you know, to make this work. Let's use their emulator and make it work and we'll continue to use their payment services. I think that's the big thing that they're really trying to prevent because some of these 
games where they're they're having people pitch out hundreds of dollars sometimes for packs and all these things. Uh, they're getting people to they're they're saying, hey, this is a special if you play if you buy it through our launcher, you get a special deal you don't get anywhere else. That's what they're advertising. I think that's what's scaring Google Play because they're realizing everybody eventually is going to have something that's compatible to run these type of apps. Uh, and they need to get ahead of it so that they're still the standard on this new platform that people are for some reason moving to mobile games on more of a PC or, you know, different devices. Now, from a um, integrity standpoint, Brian, and obviously, as we as I as we've mentioned, emulators have already been a thing for quite some time. But now making this more prominent and more available, um, obviously yeah. cheating and things of that come to my mind top, you know, top of my mind with this. Um, I wonder how they're going to try and curtail any of that. Obviously, it is a lot easier to run some sort of outside. And by the way, this is a cheat Windows engine app. and yeah, cheat engine and things. So that's one thing. I, I, where did I see this? I saw some sort of a notice, and it was talking about how. They were using, oh yeah, there was, a, there was a, a cheat that I was reading a forum about a game. And they were talking about how they were using Cheat Engine and injecting things and, and you know, causing things to happen in the game. Now that they're doing this, I don't know how well that worked on a mobile emulator because you're not really getting to the actual process so much of the app itself. You're getting to the emulator's process. You'd have to still probably here, run the cheat as an Android app or something inside of an APK yes, to do that. Or something. Yeah, so this may make it easier. It'll be interesting to see how much of this is getting closer to hardware level, less emulator level. Because you got to remember, Linux is more in Windows than it's ever been. Microsoft has put Linux into Windows and they have it to where somewhere, some ways Linux kind of seamlessly works and Android is, is pretty much Linux. And so I think they're getting closer to where it's not so much an emulator because they're trying to have efficiency. You don't want to have it to where, you know, you run a couple of what you think are mobile games and your computer's lagging out or overheating, you know, because you have a couple windows open. Um, you know, I think that they're, they're probably going to be fairly efficient. And I'm assuming that they're bringing this more to it's actually running Linux Native. in Windows or something like that. Yeah. yeah. A uh, couple comments in chat. Firebomb80 says, I only use Bluestack. That's the popular Android. At least it was the popular Android emulator. He says, if I can't play a game on that, I'm not really in the mood to ever stare at a five-inch screen and play a mobile anything. Mobile phone gaming is yeah. not for me, and I, 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 I can't agree with that statement more. I have never been invested into a mobile game. Of course, I've downloaded some and played them for short periods of time, but I have never long-term played any sort of mobile game i know that's different with you brian and then j-rock in the chat yeah, i mean i've got one i played for a year straight you know yeah. i mean i've been pay playing it for years and pretty much almost daily and uh j-rock in the chat says after google play music disappeared all music from google play music disappeared all the time i invested into building my library and that just disappeared as well poof i'm weary of google play games and obviously there google is track record well, it is the Google track record as well, where um, yep. now, fortunately, with this, if there is a saving grace, the Google Play Store is not going to go anywhere. Google Play Gaming is not going to go anywhere. It is an incredibly lucrative market for Google. They likely profit oh, yeah. billions of dollars a year from the transactions inside of these games. So I, I doubt that it I'm will more just concerned disappear. they're going to get legislated out of profitability. Uh, because they've been they've been pulling holding on to this. I'm concerned that if if they get to where they start really coming in and gutting this, you know, the 30 cents or 30 percent and and really attacking that because there's been some recent changes. First of all, um, there's that new I don't know if it's an executive order or some bill they passed. Uh, that's the right to repair bill. Do you see that? Yes. Yeah, that that. Yeah. that I mean, I for some reason, I think there's going to be more focus on electronics and there's going to be a high focus, I think, on. Uh, these large companies, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of changes coming here in time. So I don't know. I, I don't like using Google just because I've seen too many of their products disappear uh, or get shut down or, you know, there's there's websites where you can go view lists of these. Um, I'm waiting for the day when we actually own our, our things. And I think that if anything, that's what blockchain is going to bring. And we've been talking about blockchain a little bit more lately. Um, but something like that, where you own the actual license to your music 
and you're paying a service to be able to play it, to deliver it to you, to, to be, you know, convenient. They make it convenient, but you own the music that's being played on it, or you're paying a subscription that gives you access to music. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think that's the way they're going. And I think that, that same thing for video games, they're going to have to, I think we're going to get two different branches to where they're going to demand to actually own the things that you have. Cause that seems to be kind of the plate complaint. That's the right to repair complaint that we're seeing kind of pop up a little bit here and there where people don't like the fact that a company can say, you don't have the right to do something to a device that you paid $900 for, you know, they're, they're putting limitations and you pay $900 and they say, you don't own it. And, you know, and they can, and there's something, you know, you're supposed to, you can only use it on one or two providers. Maybe, I mean, that device is very limited. And, you know, if there's anybody who says you can't use it on this service or whatever, a lot of those things are useless. Uh, and I think that that's going to be more of a focus and that's kind of a side thing, but, uh, with this, with games, they want to control the marketplace. If it leaves Google play, it's going to go into where people are then, then going to demand to own it from the original provider somehow. So that then, you know, whoever wants to deliver it, I just think it's going to get away from these marketplaces actually controlling you at some point it's got to, and, and I, they're trying to hold it still. That's why they put these on here. They want to hold that 30%. And, I, and I'm wondering how much longer that's going to last. So the uh, you can now go and sign up for the uh, beta for this. It's not doesn't appear that it's available in the United States yet. Um, but once it is, yeah. if you uh, express interest and sign up for uh, their uh, uh, beta, then presumably you'll be the first. And there'll be a link in our show notes on uh, infectionpodcast.com. Brian, let's jump over to uh, Steam uh, for a minute here, there was we were talking about anti-cheat with mobile gaming. Yeah. There's been some big questions uh, next month, February. Well, I say next month, a week from uh, a week from today is the first day of February. Um, the Steam Deck, the first round of the Steam Decks are supposed to be shipping and going out to people. And there have been many yeah. questions about anti-cheat uh, easy anti-cheat and some of these other systems like BattleEye and Punkbuster and things of that nature all running on it. And uh, an article out this past week says that the Steam Deck now easily supports both easy anti-cheat and yep. BattleEye, which are, I would there assume, are concern. the largest. Yeah, and there was some concern, uh, I think, because of how they were telling developers to enable BattleEye and using the uh, Epic online services to do it. Uh, and from what I can tell, I think that what they did is you can now have BattleEye without the Epic online services. So, um, you know, so they, they have it where you, I think you can piecemeal a little, little bit more and they, they've verified that you have the ability to add it very easily now because there was articles last week that we didn't really get to, I don't think, um, where they where there was a lot of speculation on whether or not easy energy sheet was going to run on this properly. Cause remember at the very beginning, they said, Oh, every steam game is going to run hundred percent compatibility. You know, then there was, yeah. yeah. Then there was some questions to that because, uh, easy energy sheet and battle. Eye uh, came out and they were saying, okay, well, there might be an issue with how those, pl those plug into the system. Uh, and that's been, that's been solved. So I think, uh, I, I think they can now, if I remember correctly, claim that, 100% compatibility because I don't think there's a game in there that I've seen that doesn't run, which I can't imagine. That's crazy to me to think yeah, of all it, some of these games. Yeah, I mean, there's literally millions of games on the Steam marketplace. Um, so yeah. it's in there now. They've got documentation for the developers with uh, Epic on Easy Anti-Cheat and how all of that is going to work. And the same thing with uh, Battleline. The big concern, I think, Brian, was that because this was running on some sort of um, it's, uh, it's, I believe it's a Debian based OS that they're running, uh, this on. Well, um, I, they were, and I don't Arch. remember if they, they had switched to that. They, they were in maybe Arch and they switched. There's one they were in and they switched for some yeah. reason. I, I don't remember which one they switched to. And we've seen if you are a, uh, Linus Tech Tips did a, a great video series a couple of, uh, probably about a month or two ago on gaming on Linux. And there are yeah. some pretty significant, and it, it's not all constantly, it's not a huge issue, but there are questions and concerns about some of these anti-cheats running on Linux. Many of these developers yeah. do not support anti-cheat within their games on Linux. So even though you can run it in some sort of compatibility or something of that nature, 
without the anti-cheat running, you could lose access to the online services of a game. Um, so I'm sure and sometimes that, this... that has to do with licensing issues it, it, just because of Linux and the way that licensing works in Linux. Uh, they can't usually package in with Linux uh, things that have a license on them. And these anti-cheat things have licenses that are more restrictive than Linux's license. I think for some of those, that's why they don't package it. It's not easy. But I know some of these do run uh, on Linux just fine. You know, and I'm wondering if we're going to start to see, because that was one thing they really tried with these early versions of the of the Steam. What was that one that hooked to the TV? Steam OS. Um, the Steam OS, which was on that, yeah, that little Steam device. Yeah. Uh, that one. Steam Link or whatever that, the hell it was called. Steam Link. Yes, that was it. Uh, this That one ran on Linux, you know, and they were really pushing to try to get Linux drivers and get things working better. But that's really a struggle. They found that it's hard to get, nvidia and these various companies to make drivers and, and for whatever they're trying to do to make drivers for these things they just yeah. they don't do it so it's hard to game on linux sometimes because it's a pain in the butt to put an nvidia driver and run it <laughs> you know it is. So yeah i think that that's really holding it back and you could have a lot more lightweight devices running a lot of these games uh if you could get uh linux support a little bit better because it'd be so much better than trying to run windows or some custom os yeah, and I assume, I don't know this to be the case, but if I had to guess, I would say that the Steam Deck, because it is based on Linux and they're doing all of this back-end work, I would guess for regular Linux users that maybe daily drive Linux over the next maybe year or so, even less, six months, you will see probably some big uh, strides made in terms of compatibility for games because they are going to have to yeah. run on this steam deck device and that could allow for compatibility for you know a whole bunch of linux distros depending on you know what and, and how you're running things so overall this is going to be a big thing for i think steam gaming in the next year or so well and i and i think that a lot of the holdback is is currently the software side of it mm -hmm. um, i think there is the hardware solutions to be i mean look at the hardware devices that are running 4k tvs on live streams I think the hardware's out there. I just think the software's got to catch up a little bit to where there is a super lightweight operating system that has the ability to run a bunch of the games out there that you can throw on little devices. Then you'll have game players on your TVs, lightweight devices, you know, the same thing that plays your video uh, for your TV also becomes your your equivalent of a Steam Deck. It becomes your, your console that does a bunch of things for you, you know, or it's just part of what you also stream. Um, this is kind of what Xbox wanted a long time ago. Microsoft, this is what they, for years, the late 90s, mid 90s, they started pushing this whole, it was in uh, Back to the Future, do you remember? Having this entertainment system that was a computer mm -hmm. that ran everything. That, that's always been their kind of their push. Problem is it didn't happen in the Xbox, but I think you will have a device that kind of just does everything. It plays your movies, you play games on it. Uh, you know, it, it, it displays to smart screens or something. I just think we're going back there, but I don't think Microsoft, I don't think it's going the way that Microsoft thought it would. So we talked a little bit about the syncing with games on uh, Google between the uh, Google Play Store on your phone and then the uh, new Windows app that they're going to come out with. Brian, what is Valve's dynamic cloud sync and what is that potentially going to add to the Steam Deck okay, so feature list? Well, it's pretty much doing the same thing that that Google showed with with the play feature. It has it to where you can seamlessly move from the Steam Deck to the PC, uh, and you know because that's the th that's, you're going to run into the exact same problem. You're playing a game on this device. Uh, you don't want to have to close it because maybe you're in a level, but you know what? You're switching, or maybe the battery's dying or whatever. You, you're switching off of this. Uh, this will allow you to to seamlessly go without having to quit that game session because that's really the big thing it synchronizes the game files after you quit the title um but this will synchronize them before it says with dcs games will synchronize before the device goes to sleep for example um so this they say this will work even after you've played a game on the pc you know you can pick the steam deck back back steam deck back up and then it will go right back to the steam deck um kind of synchronizing and say I don't know how seamless this is really going to be. They're saying it's, it's really seamless as long as the developer properly implements it. You know, so it may be a little bit different from game to game. Uh, but I'm kind of nervous just because unless the game is, 
it'll be more their it's more their tools if they made the proper tools that will handle that save file and kind of save the state of the session and put the files in place and then resume it right sure it'll seem seamless if they can well, do, if they can do it quick enough here's the thing that i just thought of so let's say you're playing game on your steam deck you get home and the thing dies you charge it and then you shut it off shut it down play a game on your pc then grab your steam deck head out and then try to turn it back on two hours later unless it was connected to wi-fi before you left it's not gonna get it's not a phone remember it does not have cellular no. capabilities so it seems as if and and people do this with the nintendo switch so it's it shouldn't be that yeah. big of a deal but you're you're likely going to want to keep this thing always on so it's always idling and connecting to the internet so that it yeah. gets that update because if it's off you take it out unless you're going to tether it to your phone or jump on a hotspot. You're not going to get that most recent data because it's not an always connected device like a cell phone. And it is important to note with this, this is going to require developer support. So it's going to be incumbent yeah. on the developers to support this DCS um, and yeah. and integrate this yeah, in, a, in a good way. So and and, and that's I one do, thing. Good. Sorry. One thing that's nice is they're not charging a fee for this to the developers. Good. So there's no no things to discourage them from actually implementing this other than time. Um, and they did make a note in here, N Nintendo charges for people on the Switch to use their dynamic cloud sync or, you know, their cloud sync service. Uh, they don't include that for free for people that are selling games on their service, which I think is kind of crazy. You're, aren't you, isn't that part of the 30% or whatever you're charging? Isn't that what I'm paying you for? D right? Yes. A, a yes. huge fee? Not just to use it on your device, but also the things that go with it. Nintendo, I think, is just so locked into that old mentality, and they're fighting to get out of it. You know yeah. that just I the, mean, when when the, I pay, that's what they fight with. You know when when I you know buy a sixty dollar title and twenty five or thirty percent of that goes to Steam, it's for them to provide me services like the Steam CDN, which you know allows you to download yep. games in multiple servers all across the world. Things like cloud save, the Steam inventory, things of that nature. I expect that. I mean, that's the reason you charge that fee because, you know, contrary to what everybody thinks, it is very expensive to operate a CDN and have these yep. distributed servers. And, and I mean, can you imagine the amount of All traffic that Steam is pumping out on a daily basis? We're not talking about small games. I mean, we're talking about games that are 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 gigabytes that people are downloading yep. constantly. That is a very expensive thing to do. So I'm glad they're they're allowing this for developers and hopefully developers. I assume you'll see more initial integration in the indie market because uh, Brian, you know, here's the thing: a lot of these games that I think people are going to be playing are going to be these single player controller games. Um, yeah. you know, the games like Fall Guys and and th and things like that that um, uh, and ones just, that have been difficult to play on a on a PC. You know, that kind of are meant to have a controller on a PC. There are a lot of games that are meant for a PC, but they expect a controller. I think this kind of open up a lot of those games because a lot of yeah. people don't have controllers put to their computers. And and they don't. And it is interesting to note that if you've looked at Steam in the past couple of months, there are a lot more of these single-player, more controller-oriented games that are making its way to the market, meaning that when the Steam... And obviously, you know, you can still play your AAA titles, your Doom, your, your, your No Man's Skies, your things like that. But I think the real use for this is going to be more of those single player kind of, uh, you know, either on rails shooters or more of these, uh, you know, side scroll shooters and things of that nature. Uh, Fall yeah. Guys, uh, Among Us, things of that nature. And if those developers, and th those are different because they're not really saving a state, but for more of those single player games, this is going to be big for that implementation. I would guess you'll see more of an indie push to support this. And then you'll see the bigger guys probably come on suit as well. Well, and they also don't lock you down to a particular heart. You know, this is they're intending for hardware develop, uh, creators to come and put this operating system and these things onto their device. I, I'm curious, will this get to a point where this is more of like an app? Because I, I don't know how much is going on behind the scenes and is really requiring this operating system and everything. Uh, you know, there's going to be a device like this at some point where you can just put the Xbox, you know, Game Pass app on there. Uh, and it'll let you play all those games on a little moldable device that isn't owned by X Microsoft, it isn't owned by Sony, and it isn't owned, you know, by Steam or Valve. Uh, I'm I'm curious, you know, this one is is very inventive, 
But I'm more concerned when the second that someone turns around, if their license is a little too restrictive and doesn't allow someone to kind of put this alongside with something else on their device, like if have access to the Game Pass and have access to this or something like that, um, you know, the other one's going to win, I feel like. And I, you know, and, and I'd have to look at the licensing of this, but I wonder how restrictive this is. Like, can you put other things on here? Can you do dual boot or, you know, can you do something else, run other apps or does it have to be all the Steam stuff? Well, That's what I'm well, more curious about. We'll find out in about three weeks. So I assume the first people that get these will begin the uh, teardowns and cracking of these devices to, to figure out what they can yeah, do. Yeah, what's I, possible? I, do you really have to root them? Like, because everything in the past has been you have to root it. Is this an actual open device where you can just, it, you know, you just kind of use it? Yeah. Which is and, not what I prefer. I prefer to and, own the device and use it. And you brought up a very good point and something that it, Steam hasn't really publicized all that much. They are making this OS, this this new ver Steam OS 2.0, making this available to companies, you know, become Asus mm -hmm. and companies like that to make their own portables that can run the yeah. Steam OS and, and and use that instead of running uh, like the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, I don't remember the popular one that's out right now, the uh, Angeo or whatever it's called. It just runs Windows, right? And then you run Steam on yeah. top of it. Um, making this, we, we likely, if, if the Steam Deck is well-received and it does what it's supposed to, don't be surprised in the next two or three years to see a whole bunch of these devices on the marketplace. Some cheaper that won't run your pop, your most powerful AAA titles. Maybe it's more for those uh, cheaper uh, you know, players that want to get into the market and allow you to play more of the not quite so intensive games. And then your super high end device that costs a thousand dollars. That's got you know all of this power built into it. So. I hope that's the case because that will allow to that will have a wide gambit of uh, yeah. you look at it with Google with Android that Google makes their own Pixel phone and then Samsung HTC and and everybody else and their brother makes uh, you know a, another version of the phone running Android yeah. and I hope that's we see the same thing here with uh, the Steam Deck and Steam OS I think that would be really cool. And Firebomb he's asking you know is this going to change is this going to bleed into the Steam app the, the Steam PC app. One thing that they have done, I don't think most people have realized, uh, with the old Steam links that they had, they had a whole other interface for that. You big can picture. launch that interface in Windows. Yeah, you launch Big Picture, and you can have the exact same interface that you have. That's what I'm more curious of. Will this be able to, will this just be a view mode? Is this really, that's what I mean by, is it really the operating system that's handling all this? Or is this a view mode inside of pretty much the Steam client where you can, kind of emulate and see this I, just like you do big picture i don't know what it'll do on the pc but on the device itself you are going to be locked in that will be the interface I mean, probably yeah locked, locked just like on the that. steam link you were locked yeah. into that interface there yeah uh but you know i don't i've assumed that that's what they'll do uh, you know if if they don't offer an alternate mode like that on the the pc client you know they still offer big picture they might try to you know yeah, there may be a chance that they try to kind of unify if they if one thing goes one direction here and the you know they want to make it kind of s similar uh, between the devices to have that flow. They may change have it change a little bit. I don't think anything drastic. They uh, Valve has been is very reluctant to really make changes to Steam. Steam's client does not change very much, and when it does, you usually notice you know like they changed the chat, and I was like, okay, wow, they they changed stuff in the chat. They've been doing more stuff lately. You know, for 10 years, nothing really changed with Steam. There's stuff in the background that they've been working on, but they didn't really put out anything that you're like, oh, that's a huge change. Or they don't do like most companies do, where they put out a big bundle of changes, like here's new version 3.0. No, they just kind of put little things here and there, change little things here and there. Uh, don't really tell anybody about it unless you go look at their logs. Agreed. So uh, we'll have that, hopefully, that device out in the next couple of weeks and get our first, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't, Brian, I know you didn't order one. I didn't either. Um, but no. we'll for, we'll start seeing the first hands on from people and, uh, you know, real Joe Schmoes getting their hands on this outside of yeah. just the folks that are uh, doing uh, tech reviews and things of that nature. All right, Brian. Well, uh, there's one more thing. Sorry, there's oh, one sorry. more thing with Steam. I did want to mention yeah. there the, there was that whole remember all these CSGO skin lawsuits, the gambling lawsuits that happened. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Finally, the last one's been dismissed because the plaintiffs never actually used Steam. You know, because they're really going off, the, you know, they're trying to get them on these things. Uh, the plaintiffs never used Steam, so it kind of made their argument null. So, you know, because this was against Valve, and if they're not using Steam, 
uh, when they're doing it, then there was no actual case. You know, Valve had no control over it. So that was one thing that we, I know we had talked about uh, like a year ago or something. Uh, that has finally come to a conclusion with the last one. Maybe it was a year and a half ago. Even. Um, yeah. But, you know, they Valve was, was not facilitating illegal online gambling because these third-party sites weren't even using um, you know, Steam. Steam's client to do it. So Agreed. Um, and by the way, you'll find links to all that stuff in our show notes on in, uh, infectionpodcast.com. All right, Brian, we're a little more than halfway through the show here. Um, and I do, we do, I do want to go back to Microsoft and their big acquisition of Activision Blizzard last week. Yes. A um, couple of things to note. Uh, the first one that I saw, I'm not sure that it's in our notes, um, I saw it this week, is that the next three Call of Duty games are going to be released on the PlayStation because Activision already yep. had a contract and already had an agreement with Sony. So the next three, you know, for the next three years, so it'll be November 22, November 23, November 24. So the next three years, yes. um, we will have the most recent Call of Duty games on PlayStation. But after that... I guess the future is up in the air, and for other games that well, are not Call of Duty, look at the look at the other games. They they did this exact same thing. They everybody was kind of saying, "Oh yeah, they're going to stay keeping releasing some of the old, you know, the uh, was the EA content or whatever um, on the PlayStation." And they said, "No, they're not releasing future." You're talking about Bethesda. Uh, yeah, Bethesda products. We're not releasing future Bethesda products uh, on you know on the PlayStation platform. So I would be very shocked if this was any different than that i have a feeling that microsoft is gaining total control and is you know i know they're going to play nice for a little bit but i think they expect in the end they're like we're gonna we're gonna have all this and it's gonna be in our system and that's their right you know i know playstation people get mad uh there was one thing i i, I was gonna post what are those there's two um there's two ips that are included in this that are PlayStation exclusives. One's like a dragon character, um, and the other one is not Ratchet. Is it Ratchet and Clank? Ratchet and, two, Ratchet Gizmo, and Clank is Gizmo and something. Yeah, Ratchet it's and Clank like is Insomniac games. That's not a. That's not. No, no, no. It's it's like Gizmo and something. There's like a dragon. There's two two of those that are have been exclusively PlayStation. It'll be interesting to see. Are they Activision's? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Activision's game. Oh, okay, huh. So it's you know it's going to be interesting to see if some of these PlayStation PlayStation exclusives they're saying they're going to they intend to immediately put all of these games on the Game Pass that they can, like even though the the actual merger isn't ha or the purchase isn't happening the acquisition isn't happening for like a year from June or July, they're still going to put the games on the Game Pass. So uh, you know I wonder if they're going to start converting those games over now, you know, converting them over for PC. Um, another thing they were talking about, what about some of the old games from DOS? Uh, some of the really old Activision games that haven't, King's Quest, old games. Uh, Phil Spencer was mentioning he wants to re-energize re some of these games, get some of these games going that uh, Activision or, and you know, Blizzard has had no real interest in, for some reason, starting up again. Yeah, Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, Firebomb. Spyro the Dragon's one of them, and, there, and there's another. But there have been ones that just have always been PlayStation. You know, now it's owned by Microsoft. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle bringing that over and if they do. Yeah. Um, so a couple of uh, a couple of other questions, and uh, PC Gamers got kind of a rundown of some of the things. We talked about a lot, about a lot of this last week. Um it does appear that Activision Blizzard games will be part of the Game Pass, as as was anticipated. Um, and yeah. then, of course, the other one was, are they going to rip some of these games off of Sony? And it says right now, as of right now, Microsoft says it will honor uh, existing Sony contracts. Well, they don't have a, uh, they don't really have a choice. I mean, it's, they say they'll honor it. It's it's a legally binding contract, um, and it won't make Call of Duty games games exclusive right away. But it's likely that some of Activision Blizzard's future games won't what, come when to the all these contracts run out that's or new games that they, are coming up yeah yeah or new ones that require a new contract when they don't have to worry about these old contracts anymore. yeah um and it was the same thing with bethesda because they didn't already have a contract for sony with with starfield or with elder scrolls 6 so those games are going to be coming to 
PC and Xbox exclusively. And as we talk about these yep. new games, Brian, that could potentially be coming, uh, this came out, this was breaking today. Um, Blizzard announced that they are building a survival game. So I yes. guess maybe, That's Brian, maybe maybe we're back in business. Maybe the idea of the survival genre uh, petering out, maybe that's not the case as they said that they're hiring for its first all-new game, their first new IP in years. Uh, they put out a tweet, and obviously this was well in the works before the Microsoft acquisition, uh, but yeah. they put out a tweet today and said, uh, we are building a new survival game in an all-new universe. And this was the picture that was tweeted yeah, out that's in what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you to pull this up because there's, well, okay, there's this one, but then there's another one at the very bottom. There's two images. There's yeah, let me grab that other one. This one, and then the other one, which I don't know if it's just a creative picture, because that's kind of my question. Is this a creative picture? Because if you look, there's people coming from a city going down to a magical world. That could be a total, hey, you know, this is what you do when you play MMOs type of a kick or a survival game. Or this would be a really interesting concept, you know, where you kind of discover this portal that takes you to this amazing world. So, right. That's I, one. Th I mean, yeah, that could be, it could be the theory. That's one of the pictures. And this is the other one that they tweeted out. This one, yeah. this one is interesting. You've got uh, just, you know, based off of it, it looks, looks like some sort of primitive survival. You can see he's got some uh, arrows on his back, a, uh, an ax or a hatchet in his hand. Uh, I'm not sure what the deal is with the um, built, fur yeah, the coat or the uh, dragon or dinosaur skull thing that's a helmet, um, but it well, looks and look, to be... Well, look at the ground. You see that that's a tracker. Did you see how they're tracking? Like They're, yeah, they're tracking the footprint because yeah, they're glowing in a that. special way, so huh. that's probably a tracker trait, right? I'm and that goes that. is going up to yeah. a mirror by the looks of it. So some sort and of And you portal. can see, I bet you, maybe that mirror takes you through a portal or something. There's a ton of things they could do. But so far... I like the idea, you know, I'm looking for a good survival game that's put out by a very large company that can handle, a, you know, having a ton of people play a game or maybe have a variation of it other than a lot of the kind of games that are based on Arma stuff that we've seen, you know, hmm. have come up, come up with a new type because there's a few unique survival games. Um, you know, yeah, Valheim, Valheim, I think kind of reignited for a lot of these companies. Oh, people will play, so, you know, Saul brings it up. People will play survival games. Valheim was, uh, you know, one of the top selling games uh, on PC, and tons of people are still playing it. And it's it's offline even, you know, so it's not really in comp comp competition for these guys. Give them an experience like that where it just feels, you know, how whatever people appreciate it out of Valheim. Give that with a little bit more of a kind of a magic that Blizzard has been able to give with games in the past. And, and start branching out, you know, away from, because if they need to create a new brand and get people off of all these old things that they're harassing them about, well, here's a perfect way to start. Start with a new game. Yeah. It has no ties to the past. And that's exactly what this is doing. Uh, they're hiring a whole bunch of developers for it. Um, and this, if I had to guess, I would say this will likely be a uh, Xbox and uh, PC exclusive when it comes out. But uh, cool to see that the, uh, the now, genre one thing I did want to mention. Dead. Because if you look at the tweet from Mike Ibarra, he says, I've, I've played many hours of this project with the team. I'm incredibly excited about the team's vision and the brand new world it presents for players to immerse themselves in together. I'm curious, how far along are they on this development? Because if you look, you know, they have a link that takes you to some kind of odd uh, job placements, you know, like engine, somebody who works on the engine um I, I, they don't have the link up right now but i looked at it earlier yeah they go. got a lead um, software yeah. engineer a couple of senior software engineers for audio Some server and tools brian i think unlike what we see with indie studios for activision blizzard to announce a new title i would guess this is not i'm not going to say late stage development but this game is already well with yeah mid stage well within the development cycle. This is more than just yeah. at this point, you know. Uh, this is probably been done totally internally, right? And now they need to bring in additional people to make it a full team. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this, uh, they're you, not 
they're know. not building an entire game with four engineers. Uh, no, that's two why level the designers. Is kind of odd. Yeah, it, you know, it, they definitely have some other things done because the positions they're asking for aren't the core positions you need for making a game. You know, it's, there's engine people, there's audio people, there's server people, and there's tools people. Uh, there's not really much about gameplay anywhere in there, anywhere, right? There's concept artists for characters, visual effects, um, character artists, but there's nothing but about it, gameplay. So they must have a lot of know, gameplay art, like stuff done it, already. It's interesting. There's a level the, designer. That's about the, it. V, the VFX artist is an associate to the senior VFX artist. So they've already got somebody that is doing some of this stuff. And the fact that, as you just mentioned from that tweet, that he's already played hours within the pro played many hours of this project played p-l-a-y-e-d meaning that this is not just uh you know some concept art that's drawn on a whiteboard uh there's something that's already here um th this is great people i i think what's really limited survival games up to this point has been the sheer size people when they're playing a survival game they want to feel like they're out in the middle of nowhere right or they're doing something far away from people. And up to this point, our maps and all the, there's been so many limitations on survival games, unless you're doing a single player game. I think if it'd be really, and there was that one that was supposed to run on, um, what was that? Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, of the service, but it was the one that would allow them to run like a thousand people. Uh, Mavericks, right? Yeah, Mavericks, Mavericks was yeah. supposed to be, was supposed to be kind of this. I mean, if you look at some of the things that they're kind of showing in here, it was supposed to be kind of this idea. Um, and that just faded. I, people really do want to have a game where they just feel like they can run somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and do stuff and not have someone come across them and have their own little area. Um, you kind of feel it with Ark, but you can only have 100 people on those servers. You got to do it big. You have to have a giant world if you're all going to play together, kind of like what you see in WoW. That's a giant world. They know how to do it. There's not very many companies that have made a world that big and this company has so that's kind of gives me a little bit of hope that maybe here they can make a survival game in a giant world because they have a lot of that history uh you know and plus all these companies kind of coming together and they now have all the server technology of microsoft as well yeah this is uh this is good i'm very much looking forward to this yeah i i, I am too and it it'll be on the game pass which means you can play it on pc for no more fee than what probably um You'll have be able to play it on consoles for the mo for most likely you'll be able to play it on your console. So, uh, not very many survival games that you can play on both. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they make the interface and kind of make it feel like a survival game, but also make it to work and play on a console because that's something I think don't think is really transferred over yet. I haven't seen a game do that really well. Maybe they can pull it off. You know that they've done some other things really well um, that they're not used to before, and maybe this will be the next thing. We'll see. Hopefully. Um before we uh, move away from uh, Xbox, um, there is a uh, an update here that Xbox posts a record annual revenue as Series X and S and XS sales estimated at over 12 million units. Um, yeah. As uh, was noted, the figure beat the previous record set by the Microsoft Gaming Division a year earlier by over 17%. Hardware revenues rose 63 and a quarter percent year to year to $3.7 billion with uh, individuals estimating that the Xbox Series S and X consoles sold to retailers now totaling over 12 million units. Uh, content and yeah. service revenues, which would be Game Pass, is up 8.8% year over year. That's a $12.6 billion market. Uh, significantly higher than they make on consoles it just goes to show you oh, yeah. the money's in the software hey, and the can, content can you show that graph because they, they have this graph year over year um, in that tweet yeah. and that's one one interesting thing you can tell was because 2019 that was before they released the new console right was that that year uh, kind of yes yeah leading up to it because you can tell the sales are really down because everybody's waiting for the new console uh, you know the hardware sales were extra low that year where they were pretty consistent you know the two years before that uh, then after that, nobody could get a console like that mouth that they put out was the max number that they created because they were selling as soon as they shipped them. Uh, and then in 2021, I feel like they started actually getting some hardware in, you know, and we're, you know, they always were sold out, but I think they were putting out consistent shipments all the time. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, there's definitely you would expect that big spike to have been in 2020. That's where it should have been because there was the the withdrawal of people not purchasing 
And then there was supposed to be 2020, but you know, of course, 2020 ended up being a lot different than what everybody expected. Yeah, v- and very different. And I will say that if you're in the market for an Xbox, I've recently seen more and more consoles being available at brick and mortar retailers. You can just go and buy it right off the yep. shelf. I saw one at Walmart a couple of weeks ago. Um, Firebomb says, and I have to agree with his statement in chat here. He says, I haven't bought an Xbox Series X or even thought about it. This will be the first generation that I'll skip. The Game Pass makes me feel like I'm not missing anything. He well, might not do it again. I think I don't I think, think I'm going to do it again either. <laughs> if he skips this one, there may not be another one that you have to buy. Because right now there are certain games that you have to buy for uh, you know to be able to play. You have to have an Xbox to do it. I think that's going to go away before the next console comes out. I think it's either going to be all cloud gaming on the PC. Any and you could probably do that here pretty soon now. Uh, I bet you almost every game that maybe was a PlayStation exclusive, you can do the cloud gaming straight to your your computer. And it's, it's it's almost the same thing. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same experience. Uh, so you may not, you know, once you start using their cloud service, which uses their servers and doesn't even use your console, um, you may not need to. Why, why would you buy? It? You're using a device. You're using your Steam Link or you know your Steam whatever you all games on possibly or some other device. You know, Switch. I don't think they'll ever let them put the store on there but you i think that'll be the end of the switch eventually i think that's what's going to make the switch go away is when microsoft release or a device is released that can have the game pass on it i think it'll kill all those other ones because it'll be open and then yeah, they can and- say then if and then if they also can put steam on there they're done you know i just i think we're going into a totally totally different era um and as you can see those hardware devices are a minimal part where back in 2016 you could see it's going up before that, it was about 50-50, probably two or three years before that, I bet you, um, as far as hardware versus the software, or, you know, them, their their contents and services. So, yeah. you know, there's no chance that they're going to really rely or care that much about hardware when that number probably doubles as they start to branch out and get into more things. Yeah, and to see the growth, I mean, more than a doubling of the yeah. revenues in content and services since 2016. Oh, yeah. And I think they that's see where why. the money is. Well, they do see where the money is. And I think that when you look at why did they acquire Activision Blizzard for $70 billion in an all cash deal? Because their money is coming from content and services. <laughs> and Activision has got the content. Bethesda has got the content. And they are seeing that, hey, we can make four times the amount of money on content and services than we can on hardware. So let's invest $70 billion into Activision and we will own some of the most popular, most famous and most well-played IPs of all time and then continue to jack up that revenue source. And you're not on the hook for the red rings of death and all the, and the shipment problems and all the, now the sourcing problems for hardware and parts. I mean, it's software. Like they can make that work no matter what. Right, they can make it work as long as people's internet connections are up and working. <laughs> Precisely, and we found we found that the consoles are not infallible. That's why people like them because you just plugged them in and they work. And then there was the Xbox 360 and the Red Ring of Death that really kind of shook people's confidence in consoles. And I think that ever since, it's just there's been problem after problem. Um, and we're getting to a point where if you can stream a better picture to your TV, then you can then you can buy a device now to recreate. You know, less than nine hundred dollars. If they can get it to where you can stream a picture-perfect version of the game on a device that costs you $20 versus you buying a device to run at $900 and you can't tell the difference between the two, you're going with a $20 device You know, if yeah. your internet is capable of doing it. Yeah, and I... And, you know, and that's, I, that's the writing on the wall for them. I, uh, I have to... Yeah, and going back to Firebomb's comment, I, um, I, I haven't even thought about pur- purchasing a next-generation console. I've seen them in stores... I've seen uh, you know, tweets of sales that are being run at places like GameStop and Best Buy, and Brian, it has not even crossed my mind. Not, not and once. One I of the biggest mistakes. Any well, and I don't know if it. Well, I don't know if it's a mistake, but one thing that they've done is the interface is identical from the old Xbox One to the new Xbox Series. That the there's no different. It feels like you're in the exact same console, which is very wow. kind of a letdown. I know. But you want it when you go in this new console you paid all this money for. You want to feel like, oh, man, this is better. But when I go and play the games, they don't really feel that much different either. But see, 
and that's it right there. If you're going to invest five or six, $700 into getting a new device and it's essentially better hardware, but everything the same as the previous, there's no reason to do that. As of right now, even if you're still buying physical games, Brian, physical discs, all of the games that are coming out for the Series X and S right now are still coming out for the Xbox One. And it's the same thing on the Sony side. Everything coming out on the PS5 is also coming out on the PS4. And Firebomb says, Nick, weren't you a hardcore Xbox guy? I was. And I I was the hardcore PlayStation guy. Yeah, and I gave it's, my it's, wife such a hard time about about her Xbox. It's got nothing to do with it's got no, it, in this case it's got nothing to do with Xbox or or PlayStation. It's that I have a Game Pass subscription on PC, and if I want to play an Xbox game, for example, I re-upped my uh, subscription because I guess it expired last month and I didn't renew it uh, this past weekend, and we had a bit of a, an ice storm and snowstorm here on uh, Friday night. So I, I downloaded Halo, the Halo 5 Infinite and started playing through the campaign that I haven't played through yet because I, play, I was playing the multiplayer. So why the hell would I go out and buy an Xbox? Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I have no reason yep. to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you can stream it. Like, I think well, Microsoft is viewing far enough to where eventually they'll have devices just like, uh, you know, just like whatever you play your Netflix on, where it'll play Game Pass. It doesn't have to be Microsoft hardware. And at that point, I don't, I don't think it'll really, at that point, it won't even matter anymore. Yeah. You, you'll have that Xbox. You'll have that experience. And I think that they're so focused on giving rebranding to where you associate it with the games and the experience. Kind of like Netflix is, used to be Netflix was where you would rent DVDs. They would ship them to your house. Well, does anybody think of Netflix as that company anymore? No. No. Well, I, I think eventually that's what the hardware, the console side is going to be for Microsoft. People, you know, the, the, you'll you'll see Nick when a few generations pass by. All of a sudden, they, you know, there's people born that don't know anything about these things that you, for you, are just common knowledge. And I think you're going to get a generation here that'll be like, what are consoles? Like, what is that? You had consoles. You had to plug them into your TV, and then, like, what? And you had boards on your controllers? That's weird. I still want there to be... I still think Roku and Microsoft need to make a deal. If they could use the Roku 4K Ultra and you could download the Xbox streaming app and connect a Bluetooth controller, it is game freaking over. No questions. Nothing like that. Roku is the top-selling OTT device in the world. They sold like... 34 mil or 54 million units last year between their integrated TVs and standalone set top boxes. Brian, the second that that becomes available, it's over. And I really do think well, that Microsoft has got to be working on some back channel uh, conversations with Roku right now to do something like they that. Would have they would have to get into that market. It's over. They would it have really to do is. something serious to the Roku ultra because the Roku ultra, like you can't even connect it, a Bluetooth controller to it. You cannot. Like you can use, you, you have, they have little controller i tried i bought one of their little controllers i don't know where it, even it clicks is. on it, it clicks work. on to the controller it, it no 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 i had to, i had the third a whole controller that i brought that was supposed to be their gaming controller that you besides had extra buttons on it yeah it never even connected to the roku probably hmm. connects to an older version of roku or something but it wouldn't connect to mine then i have all these other ones that you can't put something that is anything close to a controller up to a roku because you could i could run emulators or there's little games you can play on the roku yeah, there's just not a good controller for it. Um, no, there's not. Now that and if if they fix that, they could come out with a version that's like the, Game the Xbox Cash edition. Yeah, yeah. Come out with the come out, pretty much be an Xbox. Come out with a green, a green and purple uh, Roku make, mixing and matching the two colors together with you know they you talk look look at what Stadia did. You bundle a device like that with a controller, sell it for a hundred bucks, and at this point, at, at that at that point, I don't see. Th- that that's that's the nail in the coffin for for hardware yeah because i tell you and what it'll be all this buy, stuff where you can streamlessly switch too. it'll all this stuff will be happening and people get so used to that convenience if i can buy a device for a hundred dollars like a roku or some sort of roku I, i'm really invested in the roku ecosystem if i can buy yeah. a roku and it's funny brian because I, brian i feel like you're you're maybe riding my coattails a little bit a little bit here i know i you have were, only rokus in the house now well yeah but got, hold on got, it's not I, even the rokus you were all uh, high and mighty on I your know. playstation horse and i was like hey man the xbox is pretty good and you came over you were uh, mr A- mr amazon fire and now you're over on roku 
if I could, uh, if I could, I, it's, I'm a trendsetter. I can't say anything. If, if I, if I, if I try to become a radio host, then just stop me there, Nick. Just tell me that's enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> slap me and say, hey, knock it off. <laughs> if, if I could buy a one, you know, a hundred dollar Roku, you know, something co- equivalent to the Roku Ultra, which is their top 4K model right now, with a controller, even one hundred twenty-five dollars. And Brian, I could get access to my Plex, which not only has my um, uh, movie and television content, but because I have an over-the-air tuner or an HD home run, I've got live TV content. I've also got access to streaming channels like YouTube, Spotify, and all of those things. And I could load in something about the um, Xbox streaming thing on there. Yep. I, I could get rid of every device I have on my TV. One HDMI device I, on my television, and it's done. Thing. I think that's going to be the next, like, one of the next things. I, there may be a step between it to kind of get it there, but I think that's where we're going. I think we're going to where there's going to be a little box that just does all the stuff. Because yeah, and Ro- everything Roku is done on the cloud. Yeah, the, Roku and the Amazon Fires are already, you know, 90% of the way there. It's just the integration with a service like either... Play, and maybe this is where PlayStation tries to get the upper hand, Brian. Will they say, "Let's let's get in here before Microsoft and let's let's PlayStation, let's strike a deal with Roku for PlayStation," and maybe they'll try and get in there some way and 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 do that themselves to try and maybe usurp a little bit on Microsoft. But somebody, it's either going to be Microsoft or PlayStation that partners with somebody like Amazon or Roku to do this. And at that and it's point, gonna, it's got to be a forward thinking and Roku are always forward thinking. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the downside. I mean, they, they do cool stuff, but you know, they're, they're really very cutting slow. edge. Yes. And so that's my concern. I mean, it would be cool if Roku could, but I just don't know that they would. Um, it's got to be well, maybe company. Microsoft makes their own device. You know, you go back to the uh, yeah, but they'll probably partner with Razer. They'll probably partner with a couple of different yeah, companies but... to just start making something that plays the game pass. You go back to the but here's the thing. But but see, I, I'm going to argue with you there, Brian. I don't want a device that just plays the Game Pass because then at that no, point no, it's a console. It can. It can right but now I can't w- because of licensing, I think, with, no, you with Google and with, you know, for doing it on a mobile device. I think there's limitations. You're going to have to create something else that will run it and you can run other things. It's going to have to get away from Google because they'll never let you install the Game Pass on their device. Through yeah, the store. I, I want a single set-top TV device, set-top box, that will do my Netflix, my Plex, my YouTube, my Spotify, and my Xbox. I want a single device. I don't want another device that is essentially a stripped-down Xbox to connect to my TV and hook up to my HDMI switch. I want a device that will do it all. And maybe Microsoft does that themselves. I mean, it's they not. It would, There's no reason they couldn't. No, they at least set an example. Would, like here's they, here's an example of one. You know, they'd be starting essentially their own infrastructure because they have not done a set-top TV device. Um, they've always ever. wanted to. This is what and, they promised. Well, and if you go back to the Xbox 360 days, there was big integration between, at the time, Windows Media Center and yeah, Windows Windows XP and Windows Vista, and maybe even Windows 7. With X, with it was before it was it was called XBMC, Xbox Media Center. Um, and there was that big integration where you could play files from your computer, your Windows Media Player, and have them all like "quote unquote" stream on your Xbox. So maybe that's what my, maybe that's what Microsoft's working on in the background is the you know the Roku or the Amazon Fire TV killer that does it all. I was, and with the power of Microsoft at, behind it, it's not impossible. Well, I was at CES in two thousand. I think it was two thousand six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they were showing off. I think it was two thousand six, but they were showing off. Um, you know, kind of smart home stuff. That was really their push. They wanted to go into where they had, it, you know, a table where you started, you know, organizing and looking at your calendar or doing your grocery list or whatever, you know, and touching the table. And then your walls could be whatever color. Like they really want to go that direction. I think that's their ultimate goal is to control your whole, your whole home. Now, it seems like they've kind of been kind of getting away from that lately and realizing business is the way to go. But I think with, there are companies that do want that. You know, look at Amazon. Amazon wants to control your home. I think Amazon will be the one that kind of does that. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be alternatives to that, just like with Roku versus the Fire TV versus everything else. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to have these companies come in and start making the devices to where it's just kind of a system that does that. Yeah. Kind of like it's built into your TV. 
or you know what they're probably just mostly be built in the tv or part of your stereo your your amplification system but i think it's gonna be that where it's just one device that just does all the stuff and you're gonna start having standards just like netflix became apps and they're no longer just apps in a play store because there's apps there's the netflix app on televisions that don't have the play store so i think that's what it's going to move to to where we get away from that play store they're gonna you know get away from that mobile feel agreed well that's that's what i'm looking forward to and hopefully that's the next step here for uh, microsoft and uh, and xbox all right brian uh, we are uh, over time here is there anything else that we need to uh highlight before we get out of here on a uh, another tuesday nope i think we can get uh, some more of this next week all right coolio well uh, i'll ask you as always where can people uh, find you on the nets yeah if you want to find me at brian aldridge on gab parlor and getter um also if you go to my blog biteoftech.com there's also some contact information on there if you'd like to get a hold of me um but you go to our website infectionpodcast.com go to the right hand side and join our server on discord if you've got some people uh listening you know they're on the arch servers today um have a lot of people playing that we've got a lot of other channels people joking around playing games doing whatever so if you want to come and hang out make sure you join our uh our discord server we also have video forms of the podcast twitch youtube uh, Bishoot and DLive, and those are streamed live and also have some recordings after the fact. Uh, we then upload and edit and copy to YouTube. Uh, for the audio-only vo- versions, just go to the lower right-hand side, and we got players for whatever platform or device you want to listen on. A lot of different options for that. If you are going to listen, I encourage you to pick the episode that you're going to listen to and follow the show notes because we've got links for videos, uh, PDFs, articles, all kinds of things that you may want to reference while we're doing the show uh, or while you're listening to the show. Uh, and you can do that. It's got a nice video and audio player built into it. And uh, we've got one for every single episode of the show that we've done. Uh, if you want to support us, there's a support, pad, support tab up top. Or you can go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that. Prime Gaming Subs, Hubble Bundle. Um, just whatever you do, we get it's amazing. People, uh, I think Joe, what was it? However many months he did. <laughs> 48. 48 months or something ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. So That's amazing. Uh, so thank you 48 for months for, uh, from our friend Unicorn Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. It is greatly appreciated and all of our other subscribers here on twitch uh brian couldn't do it without you thank you very much uh for for everything that you do and um i assume maybe next week we'll uh be back to more of a regular these last two weeks have been so heavily dominated by this microsoft activation news and now that that you know it's kind of all it's not done with but it's going to settle out and then the acquisition and the you know the merging is not going to happen until this is going to take essentially 12 to 18 to 24 months for it to to go forward so we put should probably cut some of that stuff out over the next couple of weeks and and get back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming so brian thank you very much yeah. and uh, we'll see you next yep, tuesday all righty folks well uh if you want to uh check me out on a uh, daily basis you can check out the wilmington's morning news podcast you can download it in uh, apple google play spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and you can find links to all of that on my website nick craig Well, as always, if you missed any portion of the program, I'd recommend you head on over to our website, infectionpodcast.com, where you'll find our show notes, videos, pictures, links, and everything else we discussed on this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.